Well, good morning, church. And we are back on the road in James again here today. I invite you to grab your copy of the scriptures or your iPhone or your iPad or whatever it is, and we'll look up the book of James. Now, if you're not familiar, the book of James is most of the way through your copy of the scriptures toward the end, and you will um, find we will be in chapter 1. Sometimes life is really tough. You've been there. Maybe you are there right now. Life is really difficult. I um, read recently <clears throat> about this notice that was spotted in the lost and found section of the newspaper, and here's what it says. Lost dog, $50 reward, black and tan dog of poodle and German shepherd descent, <clears throat> flea bitten, Left hind leg missing, no hair on rump, blind, and recently neutered. Answers to the name of Lucky. <laughs> Jack Wurtson, who's a um, musician of old and also a really special Christian individual with Jesus, he, he mentioned, he said, there's three types of people those going into a trial, those in a trial, and those coming out of a trial. And I'm not sure where you are in that three listing, but you know we've all been there, folks. We've all felt it. We've all experienced the tough times of life. And so the Bible starts out in the book of James, chapter 1, and it's where we started last week James says this personal introduction, and then he talks about who he's writing to. He said, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes that are scattered among the nations, greetings. And so he mentions here he, here he is, as we talked last week, he is James, he is the half-brother of Jesus. The reason why we say he's the half-brother is because Obviously, Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit. So James and Jesus have the same mama, but a different papa. Um, James' dad was Joseph. Jesus' dad was, he was conceived of the Holy Spirit of God. He's divine in origin. And so <clears throat> we know um, his, his identity, James' identity. And then he talks about the identity of the people. And he says, to those brothers and sisters that are scattered among, the 12 tribes scattered among. And so we talked about these folks. These are folks that were at James' church in Jerusalem, and persecution happened, and they just ran. They ran to all the different cities away from Jerusalem. And James is writing this letter trying to reach out to him. I, I want to connect with you. And, and he wants to give him some advice for how to handle the challenges of life, how faith can really work in their personal life context and so that's what this whole book is about. It's about real faith working in real life. So here we are in James chapter 1, and we're going to be talking about how faith works when life doesn't. How faith works when life doesn't. When life works against you, faith works for you. And so James is right after Hebrews. It's before First and second Peter and first, second, and third John, and hopefully we're all on the same page right now. 
I want to take a moment and we're going to um, read through verses 2 through 4 of James in chapter 1. 2 through 4 of James chapter 1. You okay sitting down? No one's going to fall asleep? That sounded really convincing. Okay, everyone raise your right hand, repeat after me. I, state your name, will not fall asleep in church. Okay, here we go. James 1, 2 through 4. It'll be on the screen. How about we read it together and get a sense of what he's talking about here. The very first instructions of James, James chapter 1, 2 to 4. Let's read it together. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be and complete, not Now, let me tell you, it's just going to be an outstanding passage of Scripture for us to talk about today. But I need to to pull the curtain back. You see, whenever we go through um, our sermon discussion, we talk about it in the office, and then um, our media team makes up our PowerPoint presentation, our videos, and all these other things, and then they make it up, and then they circulate around by email, and we get to see the email and what it looks like. We go through and we proofread it. I got to tell you how this verse came out the first time. Uh, Do you have that slide back there? So check this out. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sister, whenever you face trials of many kids. And I thought, either I need to change the wording on the verse, or I need to change my whole message, which I was almost ready to do. I mean, there's some truth to that, amen? Amen. Okay, we need to move on. So here's the, the, the crux of the text is there is an end goal. There's an end goal that God has in your life, friend. There is a main product that God wants to develop in your life. And it's called maturity. And, and he's not necessarily talking about the idea of social maturity You know, someone that might be goofy as opposed to someone who's maybe more polished. He's talking about personal inward growth and development. And so when he talks about maturity, you would think he's discussing this whole idea of being full grown or fully developed or being complete in your faith. Here's who I am with God and I'm maturing, I'm growing, I'm more developed than what I was before. As opposed to being immature in the faith, having behavior or attitude that might be appropriate to someone who is new, who is underdeveloped, who is incomplete or not fully grown. And so this is the end goal. I'm just here to tell you, I I don't know maybe what your end goal in life is, but I know God's end goal for your life. He wants you to to grow up, to look more like Jesus Christ every day. That's his goal. That's his goal for you. It's his goal for me. And we know we're becoming more and more like Jesus in this maturity, and it's his desire for us. So we're going to walk through the passage in this way. James describes a spiritual target in verse 4. He wants us to be mature. He wants us to be developed. He wants us, as the text says, to be complete lacking, not lacking anything. Our entire aim is this. 
This is also a part of our goal as a church. Because our mission at East Bay Calvary, let's see if you're with me and awake this morning, our mission at East Bay Calvary is what? It is more and more and better disciples. This is the better. We want to be better. We want to be mature. We want to be more like Jesus. We want to be more developed and respond to whatever situation God gives us the way he desires us to respond. And so this text has two commands. This is a really easy one to parcel out. There are two commands found in these verses right here that help us understand the steps God wants us to take as we grow up. Here's the first command. Steps towards spiritual growth spurts, I call them. Grab your study guide. It's on the back of your worship folder, that East Bay Weekly. Let's look at it together. Here we go. <clears throat> steps towards spiritual growth spurts. Verse 2 Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. This is the first command of the text, and it's God's way to help us grow up to be more like Jesus is decide to have, and here's your first blank, decide to have a joyful spirit. Decide to have a joyful spirit during the very situation that's the most difficult to have a joyful spirit in. And so he mentions consider it pure joy or consider it all joy. We are supposed to have this mentality of joy from within whenever we face a challenge. <clears throat> it is to be undiluted, that's the pure joy or all joy, undiluted with any of the wrong emotions, wrong responses that could come up in that situation. I'm just gonna give you these blanks and I'm just gonna express from my heart where God's leading through this command. The, your second blank is it's a conscious decision. It's a conscious decision. Consider or count it all joy. And it will need to be because you know what? Joy is not a natural expression when you're going through a tough time. You know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> you, you, you hit the wall in life. No one's like, woo! It's not natural. I mean, if you do that, I believe there's a, there's a mental illness that describes someone who enjoys pain, you know? Woo! This is great that I'm... I'm going through a problem. No, no one has that as a natural response. It needs to be a decision. It, it's not polluted or diluted by unhealthy emotions. And I got thinking some unhealthy emotions that come in tough times, anger, bitterness, judging, dissatisfaction, grudges. It's also not supposed to be fake you know, it's not supposed to be this plastic mask or this outward show. Rather, it's something that springs from within. You know, um, it, it's not, and, and you've seen it and I've seen it, these people that everything in life is always, oh, life is just awesome. And no matter what they're going through, they, oh, this is just the best. And, and when they get back home, it's a whole different story. It's not talking about something that's fake or plastered on to be able to impress other people. Kind of reminds me of um, my senior year in high school. <clears throat> we were on the um, state championship basketball game, and we lost by one 
point. And there's only one thing worse than losing my one point. And that's what happened next, where you all line up and you have to go and congratulate the other team. And you're not really feeling joy at the moment. And sometimes that's exactly where we are when we're going through our challenges. Joy isn't necessarily happiness. It's something that's a conscious decision. It's something that is a quality decision from within that I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to endure this situation with a sense of satisfaction and peace. And then the next blank, Sarah, that you have, this is a test of your faith in God. Going through our challenge with joy is a test of our faith in God, and that's what verse 3 is about, because you know that the testing of your faith. So we look at our situation, we look at our challenge, whatever it may be, and the Bible says, I want you to have joy. Not necessarily giddy smiles. You're allowed to cry. You're allowed to be human. I'm sure it can be scary. And if it doesn't make you sad and if it doesn't make you a little scared, there's no need for faith. So it's something that counters our natural human emotion and we're going through it and realize, okay, I need, I need to have a spirit of contentment and peace and trust God. God's testing my faith when I'm going through this challenge right now. Now, in case you're thinking, maybe James screwed up, or maybe this is a bad translation. Maybe it means something different. I, I just want to show you, there's three other verses that say the same thing, okay? So this isn't a newbie in this whole understanding of going through our challenge with a proper attitude and spirit. Consider these three verses that are up here for you. Matthew chapter 5, 11 and 12, it says, blessed are you, literally happy are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you can you imagine that rejoice and be glad when people say bad things against you for my sake here's the next one romans 5 3 not only so but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. So check this one out, 1 Peter 1, 6. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Command number one when we face our challenge is we need to face it with joy. Joy understanding God's testing our faith. Joy understanding, here's a situation that God wants to grow me in. But notice command number two. Command number two, verse four. He says, the testing of your faith produces perseverance, verse three. Verse four, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Here's a few blanks for you I just want you to have, and we're going to talk about a little bit more. Blank number one, perseverance through the or persevere through the trial. That's step number two. Persevere through the trial. The very first step is decide to have a joyful spirit. Step two is persevere through the trial. 
Let God's purpose guide you through the pain. And here's the whole idea. The testing develops perseverance. Testing carries this idea of like a gold or silver refinery. And when we go through the testing, it develops perseverance. Let me just explain. I think we know this. You will not learn perseverance without testing. It's not going to happen. We won't learn how to hang in there and develop the spiritual muscle without a trial or without a test. And so the text is plain. We need to understand that this testing that God has brought into our life has a purpose. And we need to let God's purpose guide us through the pain. And the purpose of our pain, it mentions there in verse 4, is spiritual maturity. Let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God desires to grow this maturity and develop it. And this is the key phrase. And here I just want to stop it all. And I just want us to focus on these words specifically. This is the big command. If ever we are to grow, we need to do this. Verse 4. Let perseverance finish its work. Let perseverance finish its work. Why don't we let perseverance finish its work oftentimes? I'm going to give you a couple examples. This may come as a shock to you. The last four weeks, I've been doing sit-ups. It's not funny. (laughs) And push-ups every day. Okay, thank you, thank you. I'm not looking for that, but that was a help. I'll do them tomorrow now. Here's the deal. I haven't done these for, let's just say, a while. And I started, and it didn't take long. I'm like, ow. Like, that's not muscle, I learned. Like, that hurts, you know? And, and I'll tell you, the very first thing, when I start to feel pain, I'm like, oh, pff, enough of this. I wonder if there's a better way. I wonder if there's an easier way. Like, is there a pill that I could take awesome abs and 40 days pill? And just, you know, I just want to do this. I go to bed. I wake up like, wow, this is incredible. And I realize there isn't a pill. The only way, and I know I went to my doctor and I said, you know, I need to drop a few and I need to try to get back into shape. He says two things. You know what they are. The first one is, starts with a D. And starts with die, actually. (laughs) And it's diet and, yeah, you go to the same doctor, huh? Diet and exercise. So I've been cutting down on some food. And I'll go a little lean, and I'll tell you what happens. I start to feel this thing inside. And it says, I want more. Oh, and you know, there's that period. It's almost a breaking point. Like, really? (laughs) I do want more. And dinner's 30 minutes away. And I can't wait anymore. I need it. I need it. I need it. 
And here's where, if you don't persevere, you ain't going to lose any weight, and you ain't going to be any trimmer. The second you feel the pain, that's enough for the sit-ups. Second you feel the craving, can't hold on any longer, bring on the ice cream sandwiches. If that's where it's at, we'll never, ever develop what needs to be developed. This is what James is saying about our trials. The second we feel the pain and the challenge, God's starting to do something special in us. And if we try to wiggle out of it, if we try to cut it short, if we have an attitude that's like, this stinks, I don't want to do it, it's stupid, we are going to cut short the process that God is developing to grow us, to make us more like Jesus. Our culture has this aversion to pain. We don't like it. We'll do everything possible to avoid it. People will tell you, there's all the commercials. You don't have to go through the pain. Take this or do this. You shouldn't have to deal with pain. You should do this. And there are some things in life, praise God for anesthesia, Novocaine. But when it comes to other things, and especially the things that God's trying to do, one of the main reasons why we don't step toward maturity is we cut the process short. Let me just get personal with you. And maybe you can identify my greatest spiritual growth spurts came due to testing and perseverance. Have you experienced that? Your greatest spiritual growth spurts came due to testing and perseverance. I'm going to tell you what, I would not be here right now. I would not be in ministry right now if it weren't for a painful breakup 27 years ago. It, it would not, I would not be here. And I remember going through it. I remember feeling the pain. I remember thinking, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't the right decision. Maybe this isn't how it should go. Maybe I could go back. Even though I knew this was right, but I still I thought maybe I'll just, go, I'll just go back into it. But praise God, he allowed me to persevere through this. And God used that painful situation to grow me in ways I probably wouldn't have otherwise. My wife and I wouldn't have the same sensitivity toward people with loss if it weren't for the sudden passing of her dad 21 years ago this coming month. I put in here jokingly, we wouldn't be able to identify with mental illness if it weren't for seven children. Sorry. Letting perseverance do its work. Accepting God is at work. He's at work. He's doing something. And what he wants from me is to have a joyful spirit, not to become bitter, not to shut it off, 
not to get rid of it, but to realize he's doing something through it and work through it with him. I got a video I want you to see of a friend of ours who's going through this right now. I think you'll be encouraged by what he says. My name is Dave Drake. Um, yeah, that's it, actually. There's no more than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got diagnosed with Felty syndrome, which is really rare. And then uh, it turned into a, like a melanoma. And uh, it turned into a, an uncurable thing. And I went through a bone marrow transplant. And uh, now looking back to the last five or six months since I had it, it, it failed immediately. You know, the, the elders said to me here the other night, they uh, anointed me and placed hands on me and gave me the most amazing prayer. It was really wonderful. One of the elders said, Dave, there's 0% chance you're not going to be completely healed. And when I go, you're right, you're right, I am going to be healed. And uh, it may not be here in the physical, but I'm going to be completely healed again. And, and that's hard not to look forward to. Uh, pride was a huge issue in my life. And it still is, I still have those prideful thoughts. They pop in there and you have to really, you know, pray them away because they just want to take over and make you think stupid, stupid things. But pride's always been an issue and then I've gotten a much better handle on it and, and maybe hold my words where I might have just spewed out that nonsense in rhetoric before. I've gotten better at loving people and uh, understanding them and uh, trying to understand their perspective of things because just because they don't see it Dave Drake's way doesn't mean it's wrong. What's changed is the community I had no idea, and if you ever seen my earlier video, it just, I talk about like church. It's something I look forward to. It's something I, I can't stand that I can't get everybody I know and see, to see that. Uh, my small group is huge. I just love it. I love hearing guys that are like, wow, he's, he's like me. He's not like the person I would think he is. He has faults too. He, his fly's been down before. You know, I mean, he's had all these things. And it's, that's huge for me. I mean, I'm, I can identify. They're not just people I see at church. They're, these are real people that have real loss and real joys. I've had people, you know, come over and pray with me. Um, I had a, a, a woman that's dear to my heart that came over. She just showed up to bring me some soup and rub my feet. And uh, that, was, that was a pretty good combo, I gotta tell you. I mean, they just look out for you. So the small group's huge. I keep going back to that for some reason. It's a way to get intimate with the people around you. If you're just coming here to, to say, oh, I went there, you're never gonna know these people. And eventually you're gonna stop coming as much and everything. You gotta get, you gotta get intimate and learn who people are sitting next to you. big one um well the the biggest is he died so i could live and that's pretty important coming up in my life here shortly so 
what's special to me about Jesus Christ is I can go to him. And when I can finally get to God and talk to him, he's there. He's waiting for me to talk to me. And he wants to hear me and he wants to comfort me. And when I ask him things, he doesn't do them all. So I still have the suffering with the hard to breathe and sweating and fevers through the roof and stuff like that. But it's different. I don't know how to say that. It's, it's not, oh, I'm all of a sudden, the fever went away. That'd be great. But he doesn't, he doesn't do that. He just, he gives me something here that is unable to get anywhere else. It's a, it's a, I don't know how to say it. It's just a, it's an overwhelming, powerful, God-like feeling that you have that you know God is holding your hand at that moment. Let some of the things that are either tragedies or just tough times in your life, find a way to turn that and to glorify God. There's so much, everybody says, I'm so sorry, Dave, because they don't know what to say. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, Dave, I'm so sorry. I hear that all the time and I appreciate that. But I'm like, I don't know if I am. I don't know if I'm sorry. I, God gave me an opportunity, even though it's like, hey, you have months to live. And people go, oh no, and, and, and we all did that, I did that. But I also look at it like, you know, there's, there's glory for God to be had here. And when I glorify God, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I know that God's pleased with me. I'm delighted, and I mean that wholeheartedly, that I've got months to live because I've got months to live. I could have had a cancer that are like, boom, dead. Instead, I got this awful disease that's, I'm not thankful that I got it, but I am thankful that I have what God gave me, and that's time and understanding and a family who loves me and a way to talk to them about bridging gaps and, you know, mend that fence and tear down that wall and come together and find a way to make it a positive. Be like, man, I'm so glad Dave had those extra months. Or whatever your personal situation is, find a way to say, you know, I'm going to glorify God over this because it's always there. We always want to pick the bad stuff, and that's easy because it's always there. It's just, there's a lot of it. There's a lot more of that than the little piece of pie that you're supposed to be focusing on and be like, yeah, I'm supposed to be thanking God that I have months to live, not complaining, not complaining. I'm grateful that, he, that I get to be here and, and tell you how much I love him. Those aren't easy words uh, to say, and, and to hear words like, um, I'm grateful, I'm not complaining, those, those are code words for, I still have joy. Even though I'm going through the toughest thing, I still have joy. God's doing something, and you hear the other things in there, he's using my challenge to grow and, and to deal with pride or 
to be grateful and connect with people or to mend fences, you heard that, or to, you know, to pull the family together or whatever. These are growing things why God is using my, my challenge or my problem. And that's exactly what God's trying to do, not, not just through Dave, but through us, folks. Everything that comes into our life, all the challenges are there to make us better, to make us more like Jesus. And I just want to give us these last two things to help us think through this as we finish up this morning. Number one, in application, <clears throat> take an attitude check. Take an attitude check. And here's why. <clears throat> If we want to become mature, we have to persevere. But we will never persevere if we don't have joy. If we're not grateful, if we're not reverent, and if we're not yielded to him, we'll never persevere and we'll never mature. You know, if you say, this is stupid, you know, why am I going through this? Or I'm bitter with God, or I'm bitter with them, or I blame other people for my attitude, we will never fully persevere. Those things stop us from persevering. And so the first step in being able to persevere is to check our attitude. To see what we're thinking about God and about others. Or even to think I'm worthless. Or to have revenge on others. Or, you know, why do I have to deal with this and they don't? All of those things can cut short our ability for God to have us persevere. So we need to check our attitude. Your attitude or perspective about the situation will be a major determiner if you choose to go through it or not. Here's number two. Take an endurance check. Take an endurance check. We've got to persevere. We've got to go through it. God has a purpose in us going through it and in his maturity. If we don't go through it, we won't fully mature. And so we need to take an endurance check. And some of those things would be, how quick do we give up on God? Like, oh, this doesn't work. It's, I, I came to church and, and I'm not all better, or my family's not all better. I tell you, I had a woman come up to me once in my previous ministry, and she said this, everything's falling apart. She says, I even put $300 in your plate today. And nothing's different. I almost offered her money back. I'm like, I, that's not why you give. I, we don't give so that way all of a sudden God evaporates our problem. Some people say, I, I'm going to go back and try what I used to do. Or you know what? Maybe the bottle will solve my problem or the pill will solve my problem or Whatever may be the case, and we, and we try to cut short this process of enduring. Let perseverance finish its work. Our attitude is a major determiner if we choose to go through it, and our choice to go through the situation with joy is a major determiner if you mature or not. If we mature or not. Where are you at today, friend? Are you going into a trial? Are you in a trial? Are you coming out of a trial? I don't know what your trial is, but I can tell you I already know God's purpose for it, and that's to mature us. It's to grow us. And I also know that we'll never go through it and persevere if we don't decide to be grateful and yielded to God.
for what he's given us and let perseverance finish its work. Can I just talk to your heart for a moment? Would you close your eyes with me? I want to talk right to your heart. Where are you at with what you're going through right now? Faith does work in what you're feeling and what you're experiencing. Faith does work in your time of pain. And the faith is saying, I will have a joyful spirit to God. I know he's at work, and I will choose to persevere through this and not go off in my own direction. It works in what you're dealing with, and I just want you in your heart to look at your situation. Can I challenge you to do those two commands, to have joy, not be mad. Can I challenge you to persevere and continue to do things God's way? Don't go back to your old way. Don't go back to the bottle or the pill or the bad relationship or the wrong habit or activity in order to have an anesthesia. Trust God. Do things his way. Let him grow you. That's the whole reason why that trial is there in the first place. In the quiet right now, because all of us are somewhere with this, in the quiet, would you present your trial to God? And would you commit to those two things? God, I'll be grateful. I'll be content. And God, I will continue to do things your way, no matter how hard it gets. I want you to take this time. I want you to mean it. I want you to tell them. I give you a moment of silence. You do that right now. Father, I pray for strength for my brothers and sisters here. We all go through life. Sometimes life seems to work against us, but now, God, we know because you've just shown us your hand and what you're doing, those problems are there to improve us, to make us more like Jesus, to mature us, to complete us, to develop us. Help us, God, not to cut it short. Help us, God, not to attack those problems in wrong ways, but to go through them the way you want us to. And in all of it, make us better. Make us more like Jesus and grow us. And all of East Bay Calvary said, amen. Hey, I want to show you those things at the very bottom. Just five little thoughts I threw out there that I think will help us as we deal with trials in life. Number one, <clears throat> pray up. Don't, don't even try to go through your tough time without connecting with God on it. Pray up. Cheer up. This is the joy. Okay, there's a reason why you're going through it. We don't like it. 
may not be fun, but God has a plan. And it's amazing to think that God has chosen you and he's chosen me, and he wants to do something special. And cheer up about it. Here's the other one, buddy up. One thing that Dave mentioned in the video over and over and over, small group. Hey, we all could use a cup of soup and a foot rub someday, amen? There's a reason why we buddy up. Sometimes we need others to help us get through. And that's why this church needs to be more about relationship and less about just attendance. We need to buddy up. And if you're not in a small group, I want to encourage you to do that. Develop relationship right here. Step up. Realize God's growing me. Time to persevere. I don't enjoy it. Time to persevere. I'm going to let perseverance do its work. I'm not going to try to exit early on this whole thing. And then, here's the beauty of it, grow up. We become mature. You start to think, wow, I'm actually getting some spiritual muscle. I'm looking a little more like Jesus every day to grow up. That's what God wants to do in my life. That's what he wants to do in your life. Let's be joyful. Let's persevere. We got a song we want to sing together. Would you stand with me? It's an up-tempo thing, and it should be. It really should be. Think about it. God bless you for what you're doing in my life through my challenge. Sing it out. You know, so God doesn't ask us to do something that he himself hasn't gone through. Think about this. When Jesus was about to go to the cross to die, and he knew what was coming. I don't know if you remember, he was in the garden, he was praying to God, and he said, God, if there's any way possible, remove this. Like, this is a big deal. He was going to be tortured, and he would be beaten and die on the cross. And if there's any way possible, God, move this thing. But then he said, you know what? Not my will, but yours. And praise God, he persevered through the pain. Amen. Because you know what that did for us? For those that believe that Jesus died on the cross for their sin. Friends, we now have relationship with God and everlasting life. Praise God he persevered, right? And the very same thing that he did, he wants us to persevere. Because we will benefit, others will benefit as well. God be blessed as we have joy and persevere through our pain. Have a great day, a great week. Next week, the next step in James, another test of our faith. God bless you. Have a good week.